Thanks, Kelly. As you can see, we're going to start a Hall of Fame that we're going to be working on all weekend. So uh, I'm just so glad you're here as well, like Nicole. I think I've met most of you. If I haven't, I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm Sharon, and I get the privilege of leading us through some Bible study and different things all weekend. It's always, like Nicole said, such a great moment, right, when we get to this point and we get to see your faces here because we have been praying. And I, I got the privilege of making those trading cards, so I feel like I know all of you. Like, because I have to study your pictures and put them in there and, you know, making sure your email addresses are right and all those different kinds of things. So this year, more than any other, as we come together, I feel like, gosh, I already know all of you. Like, I'm not trying to learn anybody's names. I pretty much, I feel like I know you. But this is such a joy for me. Leading this retreat, um, this is my favorite place in the world, the beach. And so I also absolutely love the Lord, and I love to be in God's Word, and to get women doing that together. So it's like all of my favorite things together, and we get to experience them, and I'm so glad you're here uh, to be a part of it. You know, we, like Nicole said, we have been doing this for six years now. This is our sixth year. So when we first started dreaming about this many years ago, um, and it took many years before we even launched and, and did it, you know, I thought it would be a good thing. But once we, we did it, and then we did it again, and then we did it again, and we started seeing the things that God was doing, I can say with confidence now, I can look every one of you in the eye and say, God has really great things in store for you here this weekend. Because every year, God blows me away. So if you're not sure of that yet, let me just look right at you. And I'm going to tell you, God has really, really great things in store for you here um, this weekend. And actually, like uh, Nicole said, this weekend is going to be like a team meeting for a team that we are calling Team Life. Okay? Team Life. So maybe you didn't even know you were on that team. But you're on that team, all right? Team life. When you walk through the door, you're on the team. And we'll be talking more about that, how we see that in God's word, all different things with that as we go. But God, who is the owner of the team, he has planned an amazing team rally for us here uh, this weekend. And I know some of you were meeting for the first time. And you're just getting acquainted with us as a ministry. I want you to know you're going to meet some friends that are not going to just be your friends this weekend. They're going to be lifelong, eternal friends. It's been beautiful for us to watch that happen over the years as well. And I say we because I want to make sure you understand that Fall Bubble Getaway is a part of Established Footsteps Ministry, which is a nonprofit that God began um, 13 years ago. Becky Riker, who's sitting here, she was one of the original people that sat around the table with me, and we had some support letters, and we laid our hands on those things and prayed, and she was on our board and in those beginning years. And so we've just seen God do so many things. And we get to do a lot of different things in Established Footsteps, and we're looking forward to getting to know you more and you getting acquainted with us. We exist to come alongside people and encourage them to love the Word of God. And like I said, we do that in lots of ways. But just a little secret, this is my personal favorite of everything um, that we get to do. And I'm just really excited about what God has purposed here um, this weekend at our team gathering. So, as we get started, uh, I want to share a scenario that uh, I think probably everybody has experienced at some level um, at some point in your life. So think with me about a time that you were probably younger, like you were a kid, all right? And it was time to choose teams, okay? And you know how the dynamics of that usually go. You got a couple team leaders standing in front of a big crowd of people, and everybody in the crowd is standing there hoping what? 
That you're going to pick me. That you're going to call my name. That I'm not going to be the last person standing here. And if I am the last person standing here, that you're not going to say, well, if I have to take her, I guess I will. Right? Nobody likes that, right? And I, don't, I, I imagine that most of us have felt that in one way or another. We've been that person standing there just saying, please pick me. Don't leave me to be the last person standing, right? And, and if you identify with that at all, it probably maybe even like start some emotions down on the inside of you because I personally had that happen a lot of times as a kid, you know, on the playground at school. Or, and, and when I was growing up, we had a really great neighborhood. And so after supper, all the kids would come out and we'd play a yard game and they'd line you up, you know, and it's, it's time to choose teams. Or we would do that when all the cousins got together and, you know, our, you know, just family gatherings, all different kinds of things. And if your name wasn't called, or if nobody was picking you or seemed interested in you, it made you feel horrible, right? And it could have been evenly. Maybe you don't identify with that as a child, but just think even as an adult. Sometimes that same feeling of, I don't think I really belong here, or I don't think I really am valued here, or feeling that seeing a rejection can happen at work, it can happen in your family, it can happen even at church. It happens a lot on social media, right? Where we're thinking like, please notice that I'm here. Would somebody like this? Would somebody, you know, see some value and some purpose? And so that feeling of longing and wanting somebody to notice us, it's a very, um, very prominent thing in, in all of our lives. The bottom line is we all desire that. We all want to know that somebody sees us, right? That somebody, you know, thinks we're valuable, that we've got purpose and a sense of belonging. So as we begin tonight, before we even eat dinner, I believe that God wants us to set the tone over this weekend and speak to us about how he already picked us. He has already chosen us for his team, which is the best team, the most important team. He actually already called our name. And you know what? As I read in God's word and I study people and been in ministry a lot of years now, even just look at my own life, um, I found you don't have to look too hard to find that it is intrinsic to the heart of people to want to be seen, to want to be noticed, to want to feel like, hey, I belong here, right? Many people won't even step into situations where they're, you know, um, don't know somebody because they're so afraid that nobody will notice them, that nobody, so a lot, for a lot of you maybe even coming here, it, this is a big deal to step into a group of women. A lot of women are afraid of women, and rightly so sometimes, <laughs> you know, because women can be kind of hard sometimes, but I want you to know this is a really safe place, and it's one of the most special things about Fall Bible Getaway is the sisterhood here that happens, but it is intrinsic to us to want to be seen and noticed. I, I, I don't think that's a wrong desire. I think it's a holy desire. Because we were created to have a relationship with God, to know that God himself sees us. And this weekend, God's going to talk to us about that and about this team that he has called our name for. Now, you might have never thought of the church like a team before, but I want to encourage you to take a look at God's church from that perspective. You know, a lot of times in scripture, Jesus would use a different word picture to get people to look at things in a fresh way. How many times in the Gospels did Jesus say, the kingdom of God is like? And then you turn the page and then he's talking about something else. And he says, the kingdom of God is like. And then he says, the kingdom of God is like. I mean, there are many times that he does that. And the reason is to get 
the attention, to bring understanding, to help us to really get the idea, the heart of the idea of what he's trying to communicate. Now, most of us are probably most familiar with um, the term church for God's group of people. But if you think about it, in the Bible, God also calls his group of people the family of God. He calls his group of people the body of Christ, right? Calls it the church. Well, this weekend, I think he wants to say, the church or my people are like a team. And he's going to give us some fresh perspective this weekend about that. Now, one of your connection emails, and I know you got several of those. I'm trying to keep in touch with you and get you ready for being here. But in one of those connection emails, Nicole asked you to read the book of Colossians before you came. So I really hope you did that because we're going to be in the book of Colossians this weekend. So your familiarity with it in a, in a small sense even will be really, really helpful. Um, some of you have also been doing soul Pilates with us this month in Established Footsteps. And we have been in Colossians as well. And that was an, on purpose. We, we think about things. So um, we do that with help. And anyway, so we've been in that first chapter of Colossians in specific in that prayer. So if you've been doing soul Pilates, you're going to find that to be really helpful as well because we're going to be centering in on that prayer. I'll tell you more about that. But I hope while you're here that you've got your Bibles with you. If you don't have your Bibles right now, don't stress, all right? But when you come to these team life gathering times, definitely want to bring your Bible. You also want to bring this folder that should have been on your bed when, when you arrive. And if you look in that folder right behind the welcome letter, there's two things that I want to point out. There's that, that um, copy of Colossians, the whole book of Colossians, and that's from the NASB version, which is what I teach from most often. And there's going to be some specific phrasings that I'm going to use, and so I thought you might want to have a copy of that. That's just there for your access if you want to use it. But really, I'd love for you to get your own Bibles open, too, to the book of Colossians, all right? So we definitely want um, to do those things. Have that scripture sheet, your Bible open to Colossians. I know everybody's got that trading card, right? Okay, that was there. You can trade them around. Just hold on to that. If you don't have it with you right now, if you put it back in the room, when, after dinner, when we come back to the next team gathering, you're going to want to make sure you bring that trading card. It's not yours, probably. You probably don't have yours, and that's, that's the way it should be, all right? Bring that one, just put it in your back pocket, and I'll let you know um, what to do with that. So, just to recap here, we've got our Bibles open to Colossians, right? We've got that sheet of uh, Colossians from the NASB accessible if we want to use it, and um, we are we're ready to go back. Oh, here's the other piece I did tell you about, that note page. So, right behind that scripture page, is the note page that says Team Life Roster. So what, one of the things that we've really provided in this folder is a place for you to take notes. Now you might have brought your own journal, whatever, that's totally fine, but a couple of them, they're gonna have some fill in the blank sheets which will help you follow along, so you may want to use them, all right? So all kinds of directions, you're probably like, oh my goodness, look at the direction. But I tell you, we're gonna settle in and before long you're gonna feel, feel right at home. So take a deep breath, everybody. I teach Pilates, everybody take a deep breath. <laughs> Fill in those lungs, let it go, and let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your planning to get every one of these women here. What a joy it is to gather together around your word, to let you speak into our hearts, to steal away, to push away the distractions of life and just 
love you, love on one another, be in the presence of your spirit, let your word speak. Lord, this is a privilege. And I pray, Lord, that we will soak it in for all that we can. Every one of us, our staff, everyone that's here, God, the couple ladies that are still on their way, God, we're just looking forward to all that you have planned. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So it's pretty clear, as you probably read, that the book of Colossians was written by Paul and his partner, Timothy, because if you look at verse 1, I mean, that's what it says, right? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And then he says, Timothy, our brother. And basically, Timothy was kind of sitting with him, I think, as he, as he wrote this there. So they introduced themselves. And if you can think of them as two members on Team Life as well. We're going to look at their stories more in just a minute. Now, according to verse 2, they were writing this letter to some people in a place called Colossae. at the church in Colossae. It says, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. Right? That's verse 2. Colossae was a city there in that region, and there was a church there. These people are a part of it. And if you want to start thinking in terms of a team, then Paul, along with Timothy, is writing a letter to the church, to the team there at Colossae. Now, I've been meditating on Colossians for quite a while now. And one of the things that I love about meditating on Scripture is it gives you time to just settle into a passage and let the Holy Spirit start bringing some things to the surface. Let some questions start rising up in your heart to cause you to dig into the details. And then through the details, a lot of times the Lord really begins to minister in deeper ways. So as I was meditating on these first like eight verses, okay, I began to see that there was some definite change in these people's lives who are in Colossae that Paul was writing to. And we're going to read that in just a moment. But because I saw the change, I began to think, well, I wonder how these people became saints and faithful brethren. Obviously, there was a time when they weren't a saint and they weren't a faithful brethren, right? Part of the faithful brethren. So when did they become that and how did they become that? And then I started thinking, and how did Paul and Timothy become a part of the team? And then that started me thinking, and how did I become a part of the team? And really, I started thinking, how does anybody become a part of the team? How do you get on the team? And it's important to dig into those kinds of details because those details about the team members in Colossians are really going to reveal some details about us. So as we read through this first handful of verses, what we're going to realize is that there was a time when these saints and faithful brothers were not on the team. A time when they would have been the ones standing in the crowd hoping to get picked. And we find there was this guy, we'll read about him in a moment, his name was Epaphras, right? You read about him as you were reading through. And God used Epaphras to let them know that they had been called out for the team, that God had called their name. So read with me here. I'm just going to start in verse 3. Paul's writing and he says, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, that's how we know he's the one that told him, 
our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. So as you look through that, what you find is there was a time when these people didn't have faith, but now Paul is recognizing they have faith, and so he's glad that they do. There was a time that they didn't have hope, but now he's saying, hey, I love it that we're finding out that you've got hope. He, there was a time when they really hadn't heard about the grace of God or the truth of God or even put any of that together. But Paul's saying, now you have, and it's starting to bear fruit in you. So there's all these amazing things that are happening. He, he, he mentions that now they have this love in the Spirit. And I look at that as, you know, not only are they receiving the love of the Spirit, but they're becoming a funnel of the love of the Spirit. Now, I don't know if anybody can relate to that. I know that I can. Because there was a time in my life when I also didn't have real faith. And I didn't have much hope. And I really didn't have any fruit coming out of my life. And I really didn't know what it was like to be loved by the God of heaven. And to let his love be flowing through me. Can anybody relate to that? When you remember what it was like when you were in that dark place. Now the reality was, even though that's how I felt. And even though that's how I believed, God had already picked me. I was not standing on the sideline waiting to be picked. He had already called my name. He was just waiting to find out if I said, yes, I, I want to be on your team because he gives us an opportunity to respond. <clears throat> Throughout the weekend, what we're going to do is move around in the book of Colossians. And we're going to look at the book as a whole. Most times when I teach, I teach verse by verse, word by word. We just go right down. If you've been here before, you know I do that. So this is different for me this year, and I know God's leading this way. We're going to look at this book as a whole, and we're going to zoom down and get here, and we'll go back up, and then we'll zoom down over here. So we're going to go in a bunch of different places, all right? So that's why we wanted you to have a little bit of familiarity, and, and you'll get more and more. I mean, I could come back to the book of Colossians next year, and God could give me a whole new perspective and teach me all kinds of new things. The Word of God is alive and active. So don't feel like if you don't know it super well by the end of the week, the whole thing, that doesn't mean you're a failure. Me either, right? God's word is alive and active. It will always be speaking. But we're going to jump from verse 8, and we're going to go over to verse 13 in chapter 1. And Paul's speaking, and he says, For he delivered us from the dominion of darkness, and he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. This tells us what God has done. And Paul is actually grouping himself in the mix. Because notice he uses the word us, right? He says he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. And he's telling the story of what happened to them and really to all of us. And basically what he's saying is that God, God delivered us from standing in the crowd in darkness. Not knowing what our purpose in this life is. Wondering if anybody on the earth really saw us or what we were even here for. That dominion of darkness. And God delivered us from that. And he called our name and he said, Jessica, I pick you for my team. Miha, I want you on my team. Teresa, Michelle, Lori, Emily, I want you on my team. And verse 14 tells us how he did that. How he qualified us. Because you know what? To be on a team, you've got to have qualifications, right? There are times when... You know, I mean, like, if you were going to pick me to play football, I would be the last one standing because I can't catch the ball, right? So they're not going to pick me. So you've got to have qualifications to be on the team. And this tells us how he did that because it says, in whom, meaning in Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Those are our qualifications that we needed. And it's like God himself looked at the other person standing there. The person who was in charge of the other team. And we know that that's Satan himself. And he said, you can't have them. 
I'm calling their name. They are mine. And then he made a way for us to have the qualifications to be on this team by giving us forgiveness and redemption. So even as we begin tonight, let verse 14 speak loud and clear to anyone who would entertain the idea that God has not picked me, that I don't have what it takes to be on the team. You know what? None of us have what it takes to be on the team. God gave us what we needed to be on the team. Read in verse 21 with me as well, and we'll expand on that a little bit more. Paul's talking about what they used to be like, and he's not very nice, okay? He says, you were formerly alienated, you were hostile in mind, and you were engaged in evil deeds. Now that's pretty awful, but what does he tell us? As he goes on, he says, but yet now he has reconciled you in his fleshly body through death. In other words, what he's saying is he's not going to pick you based on what you were or what you have been or what you are even now. He's picking you on the fact that Jesus died for you. That's your qualification. That's your merit for the team. And this happened to each and every one of these saints and faithful brothers in Colossae. They heard the good news. Verse 23 tells us that they heard the good news. It was proclaimed in all creation under heaven. And they heard it. And that was the moment. Then when they decided, I want to be on this team. They heard the gospel. Right? That good news. And I'm just going to assume, because you chose to come to the Fall Bible Getaway, that you have heard the gospel as well. And if we have heard that gospel, and we've responded with faith in Jesus, then we can know this is our story, right? Paul's talking about us. We're not standing in the crowd waiting anymore, going, I wonder if God wants me. I wonder if he has use for me. I wonder if he'd like me to be on our team. No, God's word is very clear here. Our name has been called. He knows who we are, and we're a part of team life, and he's transferred us. I love that. That he took us out of that dark crowd and he transferred us into his kingdom. Actually, in chapter 2, verse 13, it says he made us alive together with Christ. And we're going to be talking about that uh, more tomorrow morning. But actually, we're going to talk about that tonight. Good. All right. So if you have said yes to that, then you are standing in that same group of people that the people in Colossae were in. And down through the centuries, people have been standing in that team. One of the things I love about the book of Colossians is that there's so many just normal people that we don't know hardly anything about mentioned. Their names are mentioned, not just as a crowd or a group, but lots of names. If you read through, especially down toward the end of chapter 4, you just see all these names of just normal people. Some of them we get a little bit of information about. Uh, for most of them, we, we don't get much at all. But we find out they're just normal people. I'm nosy. I wish I knew more of their story, but, you know, we don't. And heaven hopefully will meet some of those people. But we do know a little bit more about Paul and Timothy's stories. And I know that probably most of us are familiar with their stories, but I want to review it just so we can uh, make sure we're all on the same page here. Most of us probably know that Paul was originally named Saul, right? And he grew up in a time when uh, religious instruction and religious um, academia was uh, a real part of the higher echelon group of people, right? And he would have been at the top of the list of the most promising of leaders in that, all right? 
And so he was from a wealthy family. He was the best educated. He was zealous and full of working things hard in his life. And I mean, so he just had it going on. But how many of us know we can zealously pursue the wrong thing sometimes? We can run after things that look super shiny, that definitely are on point in this world, and then find out that we were missing the point all together. And that is perhaps why Paul writes this verse that you read in chapter 2, verse 8. And he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by what? By empty deception and philosophy. According to the traditions of men. According to the elementary principles of this world rather than according to Christ. I think Paul wrote that because Paul lived that, right? He had been deceived by those things. But we read in the book of Acts, in chapter 9, in verses 3 and 4, that it came about that Saul was journeying to Damascus. He was approaching the city, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice crying out his name, saying, Saul, Saul, right? God did what? He called Saul's name. And it's so inspiring to read what happened there. Just as Paul writes in Colossians 1.13 that we read a moment ago about how he transferred us, right? From the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of his light. That is exactly what Paul did. Paul's writing about what he has experienced, but he knows it's not just his own experience. It's the experience of all believers. Now, Paul, I mean, his story is pretty profound. But what God did, he called his name, he got his attention, and then he literally arranged for a transfer. He used a guy named Judas, and he used a guy named Ananias, and he used some other people, if you read in Acts chapter 9, and he gave them all jobs and roles and positions that they were to fulfill in order to get Paul out of darkness and get him into the light. And that's exactly what happened. Paul changed that day, and he became a part of the team. God transferred him from darkness to light. And as I have studied my Bible and just read a lot about who Paul became, I just have to know that before he was on the team, there was something deep in his heart that wanted to be connected to the God of heaven. I really believe that. He just got deceived. He got distracted. He got focused on the elementary principles of the world. He wanted to experience life. He wanted to have purpose and value. He wanted to know that God sees him. And you know how I know that about him? Because look at how he changed on the day that God called his name. He responded. That would explain to me why when he came face to face and he heard his name, he was willing to change. It's an amazing story. But what about Timothy? We don't have as many details about Timothy when we read through God's word, but we get a few little details. And one of the things we find out about him is that he grew up in a home with a grandmother and a mother who knew the Lord and trained him from an early age in the gospel. And so he grew up knowing the Lord. He responded to that call of his name at a young age. So he was on team life. You know, he would have been probably one of the younger guys on the team. Now, maybe your story is more like Paul's and you were an adult. When you heard God call your name and he transferred you out of death and darkness into the kingdom of light and life. Or maybe you heard God call your name like Timothy when you were little and you've been a part of team life for as long as you can remember. Or maybe 
you were like Timothy and you heard God call your name at a young age and you responded, but then as an adult, you started wandering away and then God called your name again out of his mercy and you came back to him and that's your story. Or maybe your story is altogether different from that or maybe you're not even sure if you've ever heard God really call your name. And I pray that you will this weekend. And I want to tell you, he already has called it. And he wants your ears to be open to that call and to respond. I have such a strong sense that God wants every one of us as individuals, not just a crowd in the room, but every individual to know that God has seen us, that he wants us, that he chooses us, that he made us for purpose, and that we belong to him. He wants us to know, I want you on my team. I'm putting your name on my roster. Let me know if you want to be there. Let me know if you want to be on the team. Several times in the book of Colossians, Paul mentions the gospel. The word gospel means good news. And did you know that that good news started all the way back in the book of Genesis? In the beginning, when there were only two people on the planet, we know them, Adam and Eve, the Bible reveals that team life was alive and well. Everything was going great for team life. Adam and Eve had the fullness of life that they were created for. They were enjoying the presence of God. They knew that God had created them. He had purpose and value for them. It was stamped on their lives. They belonged to the team, and they had all the access that they wanted to the life of God. Now, we all know how that fell apart, right? And I'm not going to recount it now. But when it did, it looked like team life was over. Like their, their team life is no longer going to be a team. Because Adam and Eve's choice left them standing alone, alienated from the life of God that God had created them to experience. Basically, their choices did what? They disqualified them. They no longer could be on the team. And every person that was born in their lineage, and that would be every person ever born except for Jesus, has been standing in that crowd disqualified, not able to be on the team. But as bad as it looked, God started sharing the good news of the gospel all the way back in that very same chapter that Adam and Eve made that decision. The war was on, but God made it very clear that team life was going to win. And then God began calling names. And we read about a lot of the names that he called through scripture. We hear him call the name of Cain and Abel and Noah and Enoch and Abraham and Sarah and Hagar and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab and Ruth and Boaz and David and Solomon and Josiah and we could go on and on and on and on and God has called name after name after name after name millions of people's names that he has called he looks at the crowd and he knows each one individually he knows what we're longing for to be called and chosen out to be purposed to know that we belong, taken out of death, taken out of darkness, and transferred into life. We might express the desire to hear our name called in different ways, and sometimes we might even act resistant when God calls our name, but deep down, if you dial deep, enough, deep, deep down enough into someone's heart, you will find they just want to know that God knows who they are. They just want to know that they have purpose. Down through the ages, God has called name after name. And one of those names that he has called is yours. And one of those names that he has called is mine. Team life is a ginormous, humongous, massive, think of whatever synonym you can think that means really, really big. Okay, that's the kind of team that it is. And for every person that God has put on this team, 
Not only is it a privilege to be there, but he has purpose for being there, for you being there. This weekend, we're going to be studying the book of Colossians, and it's going to be like a team life manual for us. There's going to be information, there's going to be celebration, there's going to be training, there's going to be honoring, rallying, all kinds of stuff. This is Team Life Weekend, all right? And I'm really excited as part of the staff from Established Footsteps this weekend to welcome you here and experience it. So as we head into dinner, what we like to do at dinner time, number one, is eat, right? We all love to eat. And Julie and Rachel and Kim just prepare, will prepare some amazing meals for us. But one of the things that we also like to do at dinner is to nurture some really rich conversations together around the table. So we put some real intention into that. So each night at dinner, we're going to be grouped into smaller groups. If you want to think of them like team life huddles, okay? And you're going to be grouped around the table like that. Um, the way that you know what your group you're in is, number one, your name's going to be there, okay? So please don't switch it around and go, oh, but I wanted to sit next to someone. Don't do all that kind of third grade stuff. We're not doing that. Just sit where your name is, okay? You'll make some new friends, I promise. Some of the best friendships develop that way, all right? It's a little scary for everybody, but it's good. And your napkin will have this decorative tape on it. So everybody around you, if you have pink decorative tape, those are the, that's going to be your little huddle. And then maybe the person next to you has green tape. Just say you're not in my group. Okay, no, don't go there. But you get the idea. So even at the big long table, there's going to be um, more than one group at that table, okay? And what we'll do is we'll have a question for you to talk about, or a couple questions. And they're always placed right in the middle of the centerpiece, so you'll see them there. But I do want to review them for you real quickly. First of all, we're going to ask you tonight to introduce yourself, okay? Just share a couple fun facts about yourself. But second, more importantly, we want to hear your story. We heard the story of Paul. We heard the story of Timothy. We want to hear your story about when God called your name, when you became a member of Team Life. We all have a story, and we want to share those. We want to encourage you. This is a safe place to share. Always has been every year. We're going to love on one another right where we're at in the spirit of Christ. And I want to be real clear about this. Your story does not have to be wrapped up and tight in a bow, okay? doesn't have to be a nice little package where, let me tell you about how wonderful my life in Jesus is, okay? Because we all know that that story would have a little bit of untruth in that, all right? Because we're all human, we're all working that story out. And so maybe even as you heard this tonight, you're like, I don't, I never really thought of it like that. I, I don't know that, like, I, I mean, I've always been in a church, and I've always been a part of the big crowd, but I don't know that God has really called my name. I would encourage you, if that's what, where you're really at, say that. And let's just let the ministry of Christ begin in this place. We want to be genuine, and we want to be real. Now, I do need to say this as well, though. There's going to be about seven people, probably, or so, in your group. Six, seven people in your group. So that means that everybody, we want everybody to have a turn to share. So one of the things you need to make sure that you do is really stick to the story, and don't go down a bunch of rabbit tails or, trails or tell a bunch of details that don't matter. For instance... Like, we don't need to know what you were wearing that day, or like all the people's names in your family and where they live and where they were from. Like, that, those are great details. And, and maybe at a conversation on the beach or something like that, share those kind of details. But here we want to make sure everybody has a turn to share. So one of the things that's going to happen as well, at each, um, in each huddle, there's going to be a pom-pom at one person's place. And guess what? 
If the pom-poms at your place, that means you are the huddle captain tonight. Yes. Okay? So that means you get to be the person when everybody gets there with their food to get the conversation started and to keep the conversation on track. And sometimes with women, that's really hard to do. But I know that you will be able to do it. All right? The main thing is we want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to share. And I know the conversations are going to be really rich. They always are. I just wish I could be a part of all of them, because like I told you, I'm nosy, all right? But before we move into that time, Nicole is going to thank God for the food we're about to eat, and she's going to give us some instructions about how we're going to get that food and then get to our places and all of that. So go Team Life. Thanks for joining with me in our study.